Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to yet another bonus episode of the 1871 podcast and our special guest is former Royal striker Lloyd Owusu and just a heads up for you that we have another great guest for you tomorrow evening when we're joined by former Reading midfielder Tom Jones and obviously it's not unusual for us to have great guests so we're looking forward to that one. Did you see what I did there Johnny? It's not unusual. Oh mate, mate, uh, that's a classic. (laughs) Dylan's looking forward to that one. I think he's he's got a few uh, Tom Jones-related puns for that oh, one. God. I'm sure he's never heard any of that before. Anyway, <laughs> so Tom Jones tomorrow. But now it's time to introduce tonight's special guest. Hello, Lloyd, and welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me on the show, guys. Thank you. Appreciate that. No, you're very welcome. And for those of you who are listening, audio only, obviously this podcast, uh, Lloyd, has got a picture in his background of him wearing a Reading shirt. Looks like celebrating a goal. What goal was that you're celebrating in that picture, Lloyd? I think that, that might have been the one against Leeds when I scored the equaliser, I think. It may have been yeah. the Leeds 1-1, I think, at, yeah. at Majesty, yeah. OK, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll probably put this up on social media so that people can see Brilliant. that. So, <laughs> Lloyd, I, I think I'm right in saying I first met you when you were playing for Brentford before you joined Reading. Um, I was sports editor at the Slough Observer because um, you used to play for Slough Town, of course, before yeah. that. But you used to pop in and see us sometime, uh, sometimes as, as a former Slough Town player. Correct. Uh, and your Slough Town days must seem like a very long time ago now. And that's probably because they were. Yes, you say that, I mean, it, but I still, for me, it still feels like yesterday. You know, you always reminisce about your times as a professional footballer, of where you started, where you came from. And for me, yeah, I always, I always think about them days. And like you say, for me, it was a dream come true. Yeah. And, and that sort of Slough Town really is kind of where you made your name. And, and then that was the, the platform and the springboard for you to go to Brentford and then Reading and then back to Brentford, obviously play for Sheffield Wednesday as well. Um, mm. But um, I think I'm right in saying that. Um, so you went from Slough to Brentford and I think you played in the Brentford side that drew the last game of the season against Reading in 2002. 
missed yeah. out on promotion. Sorry to mention that. But, um, <laughs> what, what was that like? To, because I think, um, Steve, am I right? we had to win that game. We had to win. And obviously, you yeah. guys only needed a draw. Uh, and and Steve, Steve, took, Steve yeah. as well was playing, wasn't he? It, was it yep. Ingemarsson playing Stephen Hunt? Yep, Ingemarsson, Hunt, Hunty. Yeah. yeah. What, was, what was that like to, you know, obviously great from the, the Reading fans' point of view, mm. with Jamie Curitan scoring the equaliser yep. uh, and us going up automatically. But what was that like for you and, and the other players, the, the Brentford players, missing out like that? Yeah, it was it was heart wrenching really because we knew we had such a good season as well, and obviously into that last game of the season, we played so well against Reading. And uh, look, as much as Kuro scored that brilliant goal, he's a great player, come off the bench. But we 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 I believe that we deserve to win that game because we we dominated the game. We scored our good goal through Martin Rowlands. but then again at the end of the day, they Reading only needed a draw. We needed the win, and obviously they they see that they saw out the game to get the. The, the, the draw and yeah, went up to the championships. So fair play to him on that day. But for us as players, it was gutted. But we knew, look, this, we've got another chance. And but unfortunately, we didn't even do that in the in the playoff final as well. Unfortunately, yeah, and it's sometimes the way, isn't it, that the team that finishes sort of top of that playoff group mm. doesn't, you know, often doesn't go up in, through the playoffs. If you see what I mean, and I guess exactly, you know, were you kind of really deflated? Um, was that a reason why you didn't go up? Do you think, or not, uh, not really? Look, you are, yeah, you are deflate. Don't get me wrong, but we knew that we had another chance, and we knew Stoke were a good team. But again, we prior to that game, we played Stoke. I think it was a week or two weeks before, and we absolutely battered them three one at our place. So we were still going in with confidence. But to be fair, when I say confidence, yes, confidence. But then, look, a lot of people don't know up to this day probably that even I was actually injured uh, going into the playoff final. I done my knee, had my, uh, I tore my meniscus. Uh, so I was really struggling but Steve Cobble said look if you feel like you can give it a go and, and meet the kind of player that I was I was giving it my all no matter what I knew it, it could be my last game for Brentford and obviously playing in that kind of game I just had to had to work hard for the boys I think even uh, I think even Sydney might have even had a little injury there was a couple of boys injured Gavin Martin there was a couple of boys who were, who were injured so uh, look, we went into the game not full full tilt of a squad but we knew, all knew, like, last game of the season, we knew where to give it a go. And unfortunately, yeah, we lost, I think it was in the end, 2-0 two, two to Stoke. Yeah, and, and then you um, you signed for Sheffield Wednesday um, and then you joined Reading on loan in yeah. 2003. And that was the start of your your time with Reading, like a, a lot of former Brentford players. So obviously, Steve Koppel, Wally Dowd yeah. as well. Um, Sonko, I think. Yeah, Sonks. Ibrahim yeah. Sonko was at Brentford as well, wasn't he? So quite yeah. quite a few have made that journey from Brentford to Reading. And obviously it's kind mm. of the other way around now, isn't it? Um at yeah. the moment. But um you did you did really well on the loan loan spell you had, and then obviously it turned into, you know, inverted commas permanent transfer. Yeah. Um how, how do you you know, what was your mentality going into that that loan spell? Was it sort of thinking that you wanted to get a move to Reading? Yeah, it was a funny, so actually funny story how it actually happened because uh, obviously I was at uh, Chef, I was at Sheffield Wednesday, and uh, now we were in league, we were in league, uh, we were in league one at the time. We got relegated that season before, and obviously Cops at the time was at Brighton though. So I remember I was, I was on the bench for the for the Sheffield Wednesday game against Brighton, and then Cops pulled me in, and obviously I always see if I go to my old clubs and I see an old gaff or someone I like to go and see hello. So cops just said to me, oh, how are you doing, Lloydie? I said, oh, I, said, I see that you're not playing that much. I went, yeah, just been in and out, in and out. He goes, oh, what do you think about coming on loan to Brighton? And I was like, hell yeah, I'll be buzzing. You know what I mean? Back, back <laughs> down south, happy days. So he goes, look, he goes, just keep it quiet. After the game, we'll see if we can sort something out. So I thought, okay, cool. 
But me being Mr. Big Mouth, frigging, I've gone back in on Monday morning to the boys and said, oh, yeah, looks like I'm going on loan to Brighton. And then one of the boys must have been up in the, in the canteen there. We'd come downstairs, so Sky Sports was on. And obviously there was breaking news. Steve Coppels joined Reading. So the boys, one of the boys had come down and goes, oh, hear the news about Cops? I said, what, what's that? He goes, oh, he's gone to Reading. I was like, oh, my God. I, like, I thought I was going to be going to Brighton. So that was that. So I just kept quiet. But anyway, a couple of months later, I get a phone call from, uh, I get a phone call from, oh, I thought it was, oh, I thought someone winding me up, but it was, it said, hello, I lied. This is Steve Coppel here. Uh, I want you to come on loan to Reading. I went, I said, who's, I said, who's this winding me up? He goes, no, Lloyd, it's Steve. I'm going to get Brian McDermott to give you a call. And I was like, no, nah, this is a joke. This is a, so this time I just kept quiet now. I just kept quiet until I heard the phone call from Brian. So it must have been about half hour later, Brian called me and said, look, Lloyd, we want to get you on loan. And I was buzzing, thinking, look, they're in the championship. I'm in the League One now. It's an opportunity to get back down south, get back playing with a good team. I knew a lot of the players there, around the corner from mum and dad. So it, it was, a, it was for me, it was a no-brainer. So in the end, yeah, luckily got the three month. I think, I think we done a one month loan originally. Then we went, went into a three month, and then obviously, like you said, went into a permanent. So for me, it was a, it was, a, it was a blessing and a, and a dream come true. Because you sort of, uh, and Johnny, don't worry, I will let you come in in, in a second. But <laughs> I'm just interested about the the loan spell because you know loans are an interesting one because you are, you know, by very definition, on loan to another club. Mm. But you, you you sort of hit the ground running. You, you scored a you know a few goals. I think your ratio was about one in three or something like that yeah. in terms of your appearances. Where, yeah. Did you have in mind that it's like almost like a trial and, and you wanted to prove yourself so you get a permanent move? In a way, yes. But I always, I always believed in my ability, Rochi. You know, I always knew that I could score goals and that was my bread and butter from day dot. I knew, I knew what Copper was all about. He knew what I was all about. Wally Downs knew what I was all about. And then players as well, because a lot of them played against me in the past. So they, they knew that I could obviously bring something different to the table. I mean, at the time we had Fozzie there. I think he was going through some injuries. Sean Gota, Baz Savage, a few other centre forwards. But I just, I just thought, you know, if I get my opportunity to get to make my debut or get a goal, I know it would happen. And luckily, like you said, there my ratio was wasn't too bad. I think, I think for my loan spell, I think it was, I think it was four in ten. I think it was. Yeah, uh, something like that originally. And then yeah, so it, it went, it went really well. Yeah, and, and then um, you played obviously in the championship season. I think it was the first ever season when it was called the Championship, 2004 mm. to 2005. And I think I'm right in saying that Reading finished seventh that season. And, you know, you had a you had a decent season. And like you yeah, said, we you, were, you were playing with some some great players in, yeah, in, yeah. in that side. And it was kind of just before that time when Reading pushed on and went up to the, on, yeah. the Premier League. I mean, what, what was that season like for you? Yeah, a, because we Reading actually, player? I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we had, we had to go to Wigan away. I think Wigan, and I think they were really promoted and they and the day we played, and I think if they had won, they won the league automatically. And we, if we had got a win, I think we would have got into the playoffs. And like you said, that we end up being seventh, which is unfortunate. But then we knew we had momentum going in the following season, you know. Uh, but unluckily for myself, uh, Cop said to me, look, Lloyd, look, you've still got another year left, but I can't guarantee you're going to be playing week in and week out. And for me, Rochi, you know, to be fair, and Johnny, I wasn't, for me, it wasn't all about money. And and for me, it's all about playing regularly because no matter, I, I believe that a player, if, if he plays regular, he, he gets more value out of himself. So Cop said to me, look, you can you can either stay here and just, I mean, you can stay and sit around and not guarantee you might be in and out or I'll let you go. I'll let you go on a free transfer, even though you had a year. But so in, in hindsight, I sort of, a lot of people say to me, do you regret it? Yes and no, to a certain extent. Because in my career, I never regret anything I do. But when I look back at how, what happened to other players that time, the boys, there was a lot of boys, obviously that, that was the funny year they went up to the Prem. If I'd stayed that year, I, would have, I might have been in and out of the team, but 
I believe that if I was there, because my relationship with Koppel and the club, I think like I think he would have awarded everyone with even a year premiership contract because he even did like I look at Stephen Hunt, prime example. That year he didn't play regularly, but when he went to the premiership, he played every game. So yeah. I believe so if because I've got like a real bona fide relationship with Cops, I reckon I might have been in and out playing with playing with Doyle or, or, or Kitson and and everyone I might have been but look, it's that's life, you it swings around about but I don't regret in regards. I went to I went to uh, back to Brentford to to go and play regular games, and for myself, it was still a good great thing. Because also from that, I ended up needing to go to the World Cup with Ghana, but I got injured. So look, it's it's life, but I don't regret nothing. But I'm I'm happy Reading went up because it's still still one of my clubs that I I I I adore and, and look out for. So we're uh, fair play to that year. Johnny, go on then. I'll let you come in now. You've been waiting <laughs> as usual. You have to be very patient, Lloyd, in this program. I've heard this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you were with us, Lloyd, you, I know you were, kind of, you know, it was fairly a short time, but like Mark was saying, it was part of history building towards that season mm. and, you know, we got promoted. What was your your favourite moment um, in, in that time? And also, what, what was it like working with Steve Popple? Because you hear so much positives yeah. about him. He, he, he was just different class, Johnny. It's all about man management for me. The way he man managed players. He was honest and truthful, you know, and that's all you can ask for a manager. If he can be open and truthful and transparent to players, you run for a brick wall for him. And that's what he was like, yeah. you know, and, and he, with me, he, that's how he treated me with respect. If I needed a bollocking, if, if I went to him, he'll, he'll let me know, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, it was always an arm around me because certain players had certain mannerisms that he knew that how to handle. And that was that. Yeah. Reference to my favourite time at, at Reading, look, I must admit, even when I first got there, just the, just the awe of the players around, it was such a, it was such a, brotherly sort of uh, feel in the change rooms yeah. from the senior players to the youth youngsters. It, there was an energy about everyone was just togetherness. It was a, it was a real great spirit. I mean, from the likes of Dave Kitsons who came in later, obviously, but early doors when I had Sid Wells, the Harpers, uh, Sonko's, Glenn Little, unbelievable character. Andy Hughes, one of my best mates still. There's some great characters, you know, Graham Murty, Skip, and even A.D. Williams as well prior to that. Great guys. And we had a great balance of everything. And, I just love my whole time there. To be fair, I really did. Brilliant. And have you got your favourite, like a your favourite goal? Is that the one behind you? Is that, be, would uh, that be? No, I, I got that. Oh, that way, that, that was a nice. Because oh, tell, I scored. I, get, I think I scored twice against Leeds. I scored the first one at home, but then I scored that nice. If you remember, I scored a nice back heel at Ellen Road. Yeah. Dean Morgan cut down the side, but I think to be fair, there was just the other day I put it up on my, uh, I put it up on my Instagram. I think it was a diving header, a diving header against Crew. And it was, we, we broke from back to front. Marcus Hahnemann, lovely kick out to Hughes on the left wing. Hughes is cut back and he's dinked a ball in the box. I've just come flying headed from the 18-yard box into the top bin. And I thought that was a real proper quality goal. One of my proudest <laughs> head, diving headers. And to be fair, the Wigan one, the Wigan one at home, uh, because it was a proper training ground goal, we, we, we actually, we, we manipulated it in training. It was back up to Dean Morgan, into City, City out to, to Glenn Little in a whip and whoever obviously comes in and then I come and just smash a cracking header. So, that was another great goal. Wow. <laughs> and, and Lloyd, um, in, in terms of sort of best players you've, you've played with and played against, um, who would you say were, you know, the players you enjoyed playing with the most at Reading, the, the best players, and also who were the, you know, toughest defenders that you played yeah. against? Look, I mean, everyone, he's a very, he's a, what's the right, what's the right word to use for him? Unsung hero, I would say, James Harper. He was a player of, he had everything about him. You know, he was the first at training, last, first there, last to leave. Just, to, I've never seen anyone so fit in my life. He was unbelievable, up and down, technical ability, brilliant. He knew how to tackle as well. He knew how to lead. And obviously, but then you had 
Silly next to him. Obviously, Silly got a, a lot of the credit because he was a bit more boisterous. But for me, Harps at that time was a quality. He was quality. But then again, also, Glenn Little, as much as he, he, he can't run so much, but his delivery, second to none. No, the whippage that he would put in the box for us centre forwards was just delight. It's like food in a box for us. It was just beautiful. So I would, at my time, I'd probably say them two were probably my, my two best players there and then. Uh, but, in, but then when I look at training, and I look at training for when I'm playing against defenders, I mean, when Martin Keown come in, oh, man, he was horrible. He used to wear these studs. He used to wear studs, like, I'm talking six-inch studs. I was like, oh, I don't want to be going for a tackle with him. So he, he, he was a beast to play against in training. Even Sonko and Eva, they were always, like, niggling and kicking. Uh, they, they were two tough, two tough cookies as well. And what about players from, from other, other teams, you know, defenders? Yeah, so other teams, I've, I've always said, it's a great, a lot of this question always, because I've always said Sol Campbell and Sylvan Distan. I remember playing for Yeovil. We played Portsmouth in a cup game. And them two were just, they were just like two rocks, two bricks. I could, just couldn't even, they were just, even stuff off the ball, how clever, intelligent they were. I would try and make a run, in, make a run off them or something, and they would just block me or just, just pinching. It was just, yeah, just horrible and awkward to play against. We've had, Lloyd, we've had uh, a few episodes where, well, we have, we have Dylan on regularly as a, as a co-host and he started off in midfield, then went back to defence. Mm. Um, we had, uh, we've had Keith Curl on, he started off as a winger. And then ended up as a defender. You know, was it always from what sort of age did you decide you were going to be a striker? Yeah, I actually started off a bit in goal. To be fair, I started okay. when I was young, about ten, eleven. Had some had some times in goal, but then I started playing. Def- I was actually a bit of a defender, and uh, I was about tens, elevens. And I must admit, I'm, I'm, I played against one team called Marlow when I was a kid playing for my team, uh, Britwell Devils or Crusaders. It was at the time, and I took on the whole team from the back to front. I got the ball from the defence, ran all the way down the pitch, but I then ended up hitting the side netting. And then my manager, Terry Kelly, at the time, he goes, you know what? You ain't playing that defence. You're going to be a striker. And ever since then, I just ended up being a striker. And because of my pace, getting in behind. But I actually played a couple of goals actually in goal. I remember a game for, when I was at non-league Slough Town, the goalkeeper got sent off. Uh, Paul Wilkinson, I remember, against Welling. So I had to go in goal. And the first thing I had to do was collect the ball at the back of the net from a free kick that went top bins. I had no chance of getting that. But uh, yeah, I had a couple of spells in goal in, in the semi-professional era. But other than that, it's always been centre forward, just scoring goals. When I see my, my heroes like Ian Wright, Andy Cole, Les Ferdinand, just want to follow in their kind of footsteps and just wanted to score goals because it was just, just a great feeling when you hit that, see the ball hit the back of the net. Yeah. Go on, Johnny. Sorry. No, I was going to say, Les was alongside you for a while, Lloyd, at Reading, wasn't he? Yeah, so that was a dream come true to see one of my heroes that I looked up to and be able to say at least I've played, played alongside him in the same team and and he gave us so much advice. He was too much wealth of experience that he yeah. brought to it. Obviously, he didn't have the greatest of times himself there, but what he brought collectively and individually to players and, and, and as a team was brilliant. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And, and what was like, your biggest or your biggest influence on you as a player growing up yeah. and then you know, throughout your career? Yeah, I had my, my I had my mentor Danny Bailey. Uh, he was an ex-pro when I was yeah. growing up at Slough Town. Uh, he was actually very close with Brian McDermott because Brian had him. I think they played together years ago at Exeter, many many years. And he came to Slough Town as a senior player when I was a kid. And I remember he just said to me, he came up to me after the training session, he goes, "You got something about you, kid." 
And ever since he said that to me, I just, yeah, sort of gravitated to him and, uh, yeah, just never looked back, really. He just used to take me under his wing. He used to take me to extra training after games. And then ever since, he's just always been my mentor and, and guidance. And obviously, even Brian McDermott, to be fair, to give him my opportunity uh, as an 18-year-old at Slough Town in the conference to make my debut, to score four goals. He was always by my side. I mean, I still speak to him to this day, you know. Yeah. So uh, them two are real factors. Obviously, mum and dad and, and my close friends back home. And Lloyd, um, was it always going to be Ghana for you? Or, or did when you were younger, did you have dreams of playing for England? I know. You, I mean, you always have dreams of playing for England, but you, at the end of the day, you've got to be playing in the top, top levels and being a top team. So even playing for Ghana wasn't even on my forefront, to be fair. And I, was, I, was only, got, I only got into the Ghana squad, it was actually through Reading, when I was at Reading, because that's when I made my, my Ghana debut uh, up in France. We, went, we had a friendly game in France against FC Nice. And I remember Sue called me up and said, oh, Lloyd, Ghana FA made an inquiry about you. Are you keen? So I thought, you know what? Why not? International international birth. Not many people could say they played for their motherland. So uh, yeah, I took it. I took it with both hands, and uh, it was a good, good experience. Um, and and talking about your time at Reading, you've mentioned a few players. Tell us uh, a couple of you know maybe funny stories that that people might not know about about some of the players because <laughs> oh, a few characters were there at that time. Oh, there's a there's a few characters. Like I say, Glenn Little was just too much. He he. he I mean, I could, I can go on and on stories about him. I remember uh, there's one story uh, always we, it resonates with me big time because we played away with away with uh, Jamie Ashdown. <laughs> he just he had a, we had a we had a card school we had a card school and he just had an absolute shocker playing cards and bless him we went to I think we I think yeah, I think we went to Portsmouth we got battered but because of the just because of the thought process of him of how much money he lost he's, it was just in the game and he just like everything that he he had was dropping and he just <laughs> I bless him he was uh, he, he had a, he had a stinker so uh, we had that one. Uh, What's Glenn Little? Uh, what else with Glenn? I can't even think. Just on top of my head, straight away. But there was, yeah, there was always some some great times with the boys, though, man. Some, some great times. Because Glenn, what's Little, Dave Kitson? Sorry, Glenn, Glenn Little doesn't hold back, does he? He's got oh mate, he's, he's too much. He's opinionated, <laughs> but he's a top top character, mate. He just he just have, he just has you in stitches. He just absolutely has you in stitches. Was Dave Kitson like Lloyd to play alongside? Because yeah, he seems like kind of a different kind of character. To put yeah, in, Dave, know, look, Dave, I mean, I love Dave to bits. I mean, I still again, he's another guy. From time to time, we talk from on, we talk, have a little text, just how you're doing. Dave was very himself, himself kind of man. He was a bit different to the rest of us. Yeah, like everyone, everyone to their own. But he, that was him. Great player, don't get me wrong. Great left foot, and I had a, I had a good I had a good partnership when I had sometimes when I had some games with him because obviously I knew him from some lower league days when he was at Cambridge. I yeah. think and. Uh, he was a top player, but like I said, he just kept himself to himself. He was never one of them boys who was out and about with us and everything. And uh, but look, for what he'd done for Reading over the years, with all the goals he scored, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and Lloyd, you you obviously went back to Brentford after Reading, and during that time, obviously Reading went up into the yeah. Premier League. Were you you kind of touched on it earlier? Were you sort of thinking, ah, you know, have I made the right decision here, or were yeah. you fully into? you know, doing what you could for Brentford. Yeah, I was obviously doing fully into what I do for Brentford, but like I alluded earlier, it's one of them ones when I look back at all the players that were actually there that season who didn't really, were bit part players, still ended up getting premiership a year contracts and obviously doing really well and really successful after that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all hindsight, you know, in the end of the day, so. Yeah, and and you you played, you went on playing and I, I, I don't know what age you were, but you, you were still playing up until um, about four or five years ago, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm still playing up here in Sydney in the in the semi-professional league, which is like the equivalent of like the Ryman Prem. Uh, I was still ticking over because yeah, just just love the game. I'm like I sort of officially retired, but then one of the 
coaches up here in Australia, Sydney, got me sort of out of retirement. And then I started playing again. And I just felt, oh, mate, I was still youthful. I just felt youthful and, and just intelligent the way I played my game, the way I was training. Uh, it, was, it was only two nights a week, two, three nights a week, but I'd only train one and a half a bit, you know. And then, uh, yeah, I was still producing goals and scoring and enjoying it. But then, unfortunately for myself, I ruptured my hip flexor. And ever since then, I was just like, you know, nah, you've got to, your body's telling you something now. So uh, ever since then, just just started doing the coaching and uh, enjoying life from there. Yeah, and, and you're, you're sort of settled out there now, aren't you, in Australia? But you played for quite a few clubs after Reading. I'm just looking down the list now. So mm. we went back to Brentford, Yeovil, Cheltenham. You actually went to Brighton on loan, didn't you? Yep, yep. For a while, yep. Uh, in 2009, and then out to um, Adelaide United, Luton. Cool. So, uh, who, who are you going to be supporting last day of the season, Luton v Reading? Oh, mate, Luton v Reading, mass, massive. I, I mean, I obviously I, did, I even had a great spell with Luton when I came back from Australia. I had a great spell with them, you know what I mean? Scoring goals and great atmosphere with the fans. But look, for both teams, I, I, I'd, probably, I'd probably have to say Reading. But then on the flip side, on the selfish side, I've got to say, look, Reading already safe enough in the championship now. And look, if Luton can get a, a point or two, whatever, for the next couple of games, at least that maybe cements them in their playoffs and look, for them, that could be it could be dreams come true for them as well. So, I would I'll probably have to say a, a fair two-two draw on that on that game. There. <laughs> all right, now that that'll do because we're I mean we're we're pretty <laughs> confident that we're already safe. We've already yeah. got enough points, I think. And you played, uh, you went out to Cyprus, I think it was, and <laughs> Cyprus, Barnet. Um, yeah, you know, tell tell us a little bit about that. You had a bit of a chuckle there when I mentioned Cyprus. Yeah. Oh, I end up luckily. So if, if you if you see the stats there, it said zero zero because I didn't yeah. even end up playing with them in the end because I signed a nice contract there, a year contract. But as you can imagine, like you've probably heard in the in the in the past, how they just don't play pay their players. So I signed a nice one year contract there. In my contract, I had an apartment paid for. Well, it was actually a villa, had a car, and everything. So it was all cool. Everything was going to plan. I was training, but we used to train and train really early in the morning or late at night because of the heat. And then it's one day, I'm training in the evening. Must have been about seven, eight o'clock at night. And then all of a sudden I see a couple of the hierarchy of the club like coming some some of the guys walking through the training ground. And next thing, all the foreigners, all our cars just got driven out of the training ground. We're thinking like, where's our cars going? I mean, they weren't the best of cars, like, but they were just like, Why are our cars going? So I called up my agent, they said, Oh, the club's in financial restraints, they're not paying the players. And I was like, nah, man. I said, No, nah, I can't be living like this. Because my my at the time my ex, my ex-girlfriend and my my little girl was about to come out as well. And I thought, nah. I can't believe if I know I'm not getting paid, I've got to get out of here. So luckily, just before the September window uh, closed, I told the agent to try and get me back to England. I get give me get me a little pay up here, and then let me just get out of here. So I end up getting paid up a little bit, and then headed back, and that's when I end up signing for you know, Barnet. Barnet after that. Yeah, Barnet. Barnet, yeah. So and then, and then, um, and then you had a spell in non non league, Hazen, Yedin, and then back to yeah. Slough. Yeah. That. So you know, with the with the Slough one, Mochi, I thought, you know what? I thought because that's what I said to myself when I was going to say, you know, I'm calling it sort of quits. But I thought, let me do full circle, give back to the club that gave me my opportunity 20 years prior or whatever it was. And I thought, you know what? Just give it back, see if I can get the last few games for them. So I ended up going for Slough Town. It was it was like it was local boy coming back doing good. So it was nice, scored a few goals for them, give a bit of experience to the younger players coming through. And then that's when I decided to emigrate after that to Australia. Yeah, and, and in terms of managers that you've played for, uh, you know, you you played at Barnet. Was mm. Martin Allen? There must have been a fair chance that Martin Allen was a manager there because he was manager there five times, or was it someone yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. I did. I, did I, I can't recall if I had Martin exactly. No, I had Lobby Sanchez, but I had Martin obviously at Brentford and uh, Cheltenham. 
Yeah. So I've got a good relationship with Martin. And obviously I knew him from, from his days when he was at Reading when I was at Brentford as well, back back in the early stages. So Martin was just a character. Great, obviously nutter, nutter of, of a guy like you all know, Mad Dog. But for me, again, me and him just, we had a sort of love-hate relationship, father and son. But he treated me with so much respect because he knew what I could do, what I can bring to the table. And yeah, I used to work solid for him because he was, he, was, he was a true gentleman and, and he, he got the best out of me, to be fair to him. And, and, and talking of Martin, obviously going back to, I think, it, I think I'm right in saying it was a, 2001, he came to Redden as assistant manager. And he's quite, you know, you, you'd have to say he's a unique character. Definitely. Where, where, was that, um, where was that balance for, for a player when, when you were playing for, for Martin? Because obviously it was a, you know, I can imagine as a player, it's really tough, you, you mm. know, the, like a hard taskmaster. Yeah, um, and was he a was he a manager that you were a little bit scared of in a way, or how how did that relationship work with Martin? Yeah, I mean, for me, for for me, I guess because I was maybe a bit more senior at first. Obviously, you hear you hear you hear the, the, the rumors, or not even the rumors, of the truth about how Martin Allen's in your face, even if he's your own manager and as his own players would be in their face. But there was just we just had a we for me and him as much as I knew he was going to be in my face as well. I weren't afraid of him at all. It was it was just a, such a mutual respect. We just got along so well that, yeah, it was just like I said, father and son, you know what I mean? Big brother, little brother. And uh, he just looked after me so well. But then again, I know what you mean. When I saw him, I saw him with other players that he was like in their face and the players were physically and mentally scared of him. You know, they wouldn't want to even do the wrong thing in training or or in a game. If they knew they'd make a mistake, he'll come out half time and batter him. Uh, but then with me and him, like I said, it, yeah, no, nothing like that ever happened between us. It was just a pure, pure respect. And, and, if it, and if he ever said anything to you that you didn't agree with, did did you kind of answer back? Yeah, or? yeah, 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 yeah. Again, like I said, because there was there was there was something special. If I if I didn't think there was something right or wrong, whichever way, I'll, I'll give it back to him. I'll give it back to him, and he would. But then at the end of the day, if either one was right or wrong after the game, or you know what I mean, there'll be a cuddle or a little. You just come up to me, give me a big kiss on the cheek, and say, you know what I mean. So that was yeah, it was good. Do, do you think he's a misunderstood character? Oh yeah, big time, a big time. If people don't really, really know him deeply, because he's very, he's, he's very, he's very in touch with his inner self, man. Trust me, he's very in touch with his inner self. Yeah, yeah. Johnny, come on, you got anything yeah. you want to ask Lloyd? Yeah, I just it's been interesting to see you know two of your teams that you play for, like Brentford and Reading, are in different places at the minute, club wise. What's what's your what's your take on both and where they're at? And how yeah, doing? Brentford look like you know Brentford fantastic in the promised land. They've survived the first season and hopefully they can continue and. and and build and stay there for for many more years. You know what I mean? Great infrastructure there. And obviously with Reading, obviously I know over the year, fine, I mean, I haven't really been paying attention to the back end, obviously the hierarchy. And I know I hear little things here and there. The club hasn't been run, obviously, 100% correctly. And they've had a few struggles over the last couple of years. But hopefully, look, hopefully next season, if, if Paul Ince, if he, is, he, is he just interim at the moment, is he? Just interim, so yeah. Whether, interim, okay, yeah. So whether they, whether, the, whether they look to be permanent. It's a rumour, but that is just Okay, so look, yeah, look, if they look to get in permanent and then at least next year they can re- have a real re- rebuild because Reading shouldn't be a t- team in the bottom half. Reading, 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 the way they've been over the, prior to the last couple of years before that, were always regularly up there in the top 10 or whatever. So hopefully they they can get through these youngsters through, get some, some more, a bit of experience, a bit of quality, man management, uh, the right structure in regards to their recruitment and hopefully they'll be back up there fighting for promotion. Yeah, so. that that'd be good. And Lloyd, just finally, what are you uh, what are you up to these days? Yeah, now I'm, I'm based here in Sydney. I work at one of the top private schools in in the whole of Australia called Cranbrook. It's an all boys school where I'm the first eleven head coach. 
and uh, the discipline master. So, uh, yeah, I'm in charge of all the discipline at the school, the detentions, investigations, and everything. So it's a real, it's a real good mix. Even though I'm not a teacher per se, I'm that sort of middle guy between between the teachers and the and the boys. And the, t- the school when I because I, when I first was working, I was only a casual coach <clears throat> doing the under 16s. And then the headmaster saw me around the way, and he just saw how the boys all gravitated to me. So he just he just thought of it. He just thought of an idea that he seen before in, in that I think one of his previous schools that they had someone who's that middleman, that link. And he says the way the boys just respect me and, and I can relate to them. He just says this is this is just perfect for the school. And ever since I've taken over, done that role, the school the in regards to the disciplines improves the appearance of the school. The boys' appearances is so much better. So it's it's a, it's a dream come dream, a dream come true for me kind of job because it's one of them ones where being a professional football for over fifteen years or so. It's all about respecting people and working hard and showing and being realistic. Where the, the score amount is like it's wealth. It's like the wealth is beyond. The kids are like super multi. But like I've got like people like Justin Hemmings kids. I've got uh, Russell Crowe's kids are there. Uh, Nicole Kidman kids like uh, the, the Packers. Like these are like wealth like creme de la creme like creme de la creme. So have, uh, you, have you met any of them? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm actually really close with 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 uh, with Gretel Packer. Who's just the 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 sister? Uh, she's a top lady. Russell Crowe's uh, his boy left last year, though. He met him a couple of times. Lovely guy. Uh, so a few, yeah, a few of these hierarchy people, but they're just such nice people. But no disrespect, regards to the kids, because they're so wealthy, they feel like they're self entitled. So I just give them a sense of reality. You know I mean, local slough boy coming there, I just I just tell them the truth, mate. And then and that's why the headmaster loves it. Just to give them realism. Just be real with them. And, and you say uh, you, you're called uh, Discipline Master. Is there a little bit of Martin Allen in there somewhere? Uh, not really. I'm just, I'm, I'm firm but fair. I'm firm but fair to the boys. And like I say, it's about building relationships. So if I build relationships with the boys and they respect that, it makes my job so much easier. So that's why, it's, that's why my job is perfect for me because I can relate to the boys. They can relate to me. And for example, look, if a kid's, for example, I'm not the kind of guy just detention, detention, detention. Sometimes a kid, there might be a kid who's, who's troubled, but you don't know what his troubles are. Talk to him. Let him know. I'm, I'm here. Let me hear. Let me hear. I'm, my ears here. There could be something wrong with him. That's why he's acting out. And then, then I can, if I, if I can reach out to him that way and help him there, it's, it helps. It's, it's best for everyone. So it just works well. It works really well. Yeah. All right. Well, Johnny, have you got one last final question before we finish? Oh, geez, I could go on forever. What's, <laughs> what's your views on, on, on the A-League? I know you when you played and it's like twelve years ago now, and it's how it's yeah. developed. Yeah, to be fair, to be fair, Johnny boy, I'm, again, I'm still. I just, just finished watching the game now. End up three two. I think Western Western Sydney against the Newcastle Jets. There's, look, there's so many goals always scored every week, but it's just just for me, just so slow and boring, and just so just so robotic. There's no dynamics. It's not like English football. You know what I mean? Get the ball, move it quick, crosses. Like I see these guys, they get, they get into a crossing position. They play back again. It's like, what are you doing? Get the ball in the box. It's just like boring. So look, it's 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 okay. It's got better. Uh, yeah. or, or I'll say I wouldn't say that. To be fair, when I first came, it was a bit up and down. Then, then there was a then there was a window of quite good. Then it's for me. I feel like it's dipped back a bit. It's gone a bit backwards. But and Adam Lapointe is still playing. In yeah, yeah, Alfie's still banging us. I speak speak to Alfie. Alfie's still. He's, he had a bit of a he had a bit of a barren spell, but last week he banged a hat trick. Yeah. against uh, Central Coast Mariners and then uh, they're in, he's actually in Asia now he's got the Asian Champions League games uh, for Sydney so he's doing alright but Adam's enjoying life here he, he loves it with his daughters and his wife and uh, yeah. yeah he's enjoying life Alright well Lloyd that's that's all we've got time for but for, for the listeners um, we, we've got another episode tomorrow evening when we'll be talking to 
former Reading midfielder Tom Jones and look forward to some uh, some jokes from from Dylan about that one. I'm <laughs> sure. uh, so that's available from 6.30 tomorrow. So Lloyd, you know, great to have you with us. Thanks ever so much for joining us. Thank you, gents. Speak to you soon, yeah? Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Enjoy Sydney. I will. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot, Lloyd. Really appreciate that. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.